0: You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 471. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at com slash EP471. check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid 2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo. Other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth.
1: Yes.
0: Hey, hey, pod people, Amy here. And I am so excited to be kicking off a new series all around dealing with midlife, dealing with menopause, with perimenopause, with hormonal changes, with Aging with our faces falling down, <laughs> with societal stigmas. We're going to have an awesome guest, hopefully, if I can get a hold of her today and throughout the series, as well as some solo episodes. But this is something that I've been navigating in my own life and something that I thought was really pertinent to bring to all of you, considering I have a lot of individuals who listen to the show who are in their 40s and 50s. And I think these are really incredible conversations to be having so that we really understand that we are not alone. The things that we're experiencing, whether it be emotionally or physically, are not unique. You know, our stories might be unique and individualized, but the process is something that all of us are going through. So I knew that I absolutely need to call up my buddy, Jen Arthurton. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. But before I do, I wanted to let you know that since we're still in the holiday season, the last series that I just completed was all around how to thrive during the holidays. So we talked about dealing with your family without completely losing your shit on them. We talked about navigating grief during the holidays, how to mitigate stress and overwhelm. So if you're finding yourself in the throes of any of those, make sure you check out the last three podcast episodes that I released. So let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer, and then I'm going to dial her up and hopefully we can get her on the phone. She is the founder and the creator of a podcast called Old Chicks No Shit. And it's not no shit, like N-O, it's K-N-O-W. And I kind of feel like it should be old chicks, no shit, no shit. (laughs) So anyway, she is incredible. And I was a guest on her podcast and we instantly connected. And I thought we have to have you come on the show and have a conversation about this. So this podcast that she created is designed to inspire and support Midlife women in chasing their dreams and creating their kick-ass next chapter, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. How you know we're we're really set up for our academic years, you know, prepping in high school for going to college. Then you go to college, and then it's all about creating the career of your dreams. And then and then and then what? Right. It's once you get to sort of that middle age, there's no social rubric of. Here's what you're focusing on right now. In fact, a lot of our society just kind of ignores you and is like, oh, you're done. (laughs) And that can be incredibly isolating and frustrating and a threat to your identity. So I love that she has created this. She is a midlife mentor, podcast host, writer, and speaker. And she has made her own midlife course corrections, which we will definitely talk about. She has a passion for helping other women uncover the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and doubt themselves the most. She is fantastic. So I'm going to give her a ring here in just a second. But I realized that there was something that I wanted to share with you all that I have not mentioned in a very long time. If you have been listening to this show and you don't know this, I have a shit ton of freebies for you available on my site. So if you go to the show notes page, you should see a bunch of info there, but you can also click on free sources on my site or go to amygreensmith.com slash free. You'll see a free ebook that has nine different challenges. It's essentially more like a workbook. It's called Speak Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick, and it walks you through nine different challenges to help you kind of catapult your self-love and your self-worth completely free, getting you into action. You know I cannot stand just these sort of conceptual ideas of personal development without tactile tips and strategies. So definitely go pick up that workbook. And there's a free hypnosis track around anxiety and fear, tons of other podcast episodes. But I realize that I don't share that with you all. Enough. So if you haven't gotten your hands on that, scoot over there and grab some free loot. All right. So let's give Jennifer a call and dig into this concept of thriving during middle age.
1: Hello, Jennifer
0: speaking. Jen, hey, it's Amy. How are you? Hey, Amy. I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. And uh, I'm I'm hanging out over here with the audience and we've been talking about how things shift and change as we age. And I thought I've got to call up Jen because she's she knows all the things about this. So do you happen to have a little bit of time to
1: chat? I do. I do. I just actually came in from chasing my dog around the backyard with one of my best flip-flops in his mouth. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you save it? I saved it. I saved it. Yes. But had you called two minutes ago, I would have been outside running laps in my backyard.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well,
1: look at that divine timing. I I know, right? So, you
0: know, obviously, I know your story, but I would love for you to share with everybody listening what brought you to this place where you're really kind of this beacon and this vessel to share with women like, Hey, it's not all over <laughs> after 50, despite, yeah. despite what society tells us, there's still a really rich second part of the life to, to oh, have. And I, I understand that that shit kind of hit the fan for you when you were 50. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: You know, there I was living my life. I was a wife, mom, corporate executive, um, you know, the great job. Then in the year leading up to my 50th birthday, I found myself divorced, unemployed, an empty nester, and I was bedridden with a stress-related illness. So it was as though all of the identities of who I thought in the world, so wife, mother, corporate executive, were literally stripped from me in a relatively short space of time. I was kind of left in this place where um, if I wasn't all of those things, who was I? And the really, really scary part for me was I realized that I had no idea who I was beneath the roles and responsibilities that I had played. Because looking back on it now, I had done everything that I thought I was supposed to do. So, you know, I went to school, got a good, you know, got good grades, got into a good college, got a good job, worked my way up the ranks, like checked all the boxes, got married at the appropriate time, had a kid at the appropriate time, checked all of the boxes. And I realized that never along the way had I ever stopped to check in with myself to see whether any of that was truly making me happy.
0: Right. Right.
1: Right. So then I get to this place where, you know, life as I know it has kind of ceased to exist. And when I started looking forward to, okay, what's next? Like, first of all, I was like, who starts over at 50? Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be like riding off into the retirement sunset on the arm of a handsome man with a pot of gold under my arm. (laughs) And that was not my reality. No pot of gold, no man, no nothing. Just me in my bed. And after, you know, spending months, many, many months feeling very sorry for myself and like comparing myself to everybody. So first I kind of turned it inwards on myself. And then at some point I realized that I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) You know what? There is more that I want to do in this world, right? Like there's so much more that I want to give this was an opportunity for me to create life on my terms this time around. So I had done what I thought was expected of me. It got me here. I was like, okay, well, that didn't work out so great. Like, how about I build a life that I love that's on my terms now? You know, when I started thinking about, okay, well, what are the possibilities? I was coming up with a big fat zero. I was like, you know, staring into the abyss and all I saw was a giant black hole. And I realized that, you know, in not understanding who I was, I didn't even know what would make me happy. Like, what is the life that I wanted, you know, that was on my terms, that was, you know, truly who I was as a person. But first I had to figure out who I was. And that set me off on a huge spiritual and personal development journey to kind of figure out, okay, (laughs) who am I? You know, what does this woman want? What is she passionate about? What, what excites her? And then to be able to create my new life based on, on that. It's so curious.
0: Cause I, I work with a lot of women who are in their, their forties and fifties and, and This concept of what you're talking about comes up so frequently around, I don't even know what I like. So, this idea of reinvention or let's start a new business or let's, you know, do something really incredible, you're kind of wandering around in a circle going, I don't even know what map to pick up, let alone what destination I want. Like, and I think there's a piece of this, and I would love to hear your perspective. I think it's definitely disproportionate to women that we're kind of told these are the things that should make you happy. So when you climb the corporate ladder or when you become a mom or when you get married, like all of a sudden the skies are gonna part and then you're going to have that elusive happiness that we're all searching for. And then I think there's a tremendous amount of guilt when you're not happy with those things, you know, like I've I can't tell you how many women have told me like, Oh my gosh, I, when I had a baby, I was like, what have I done? What have I done? Right. And nobody talked, nobody talked about that because you're supposed to be so happy and so elated. Same thing with marriage. And then you go, oh shit, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was
1: going (laughs) to be.
0: (laughs) It says like, you know, a majority of women out there. So, so I'm curious what your perspective was on untangling. The shoulds of like, I checked all the boxes. I upheld my part
1: of this social contract. What was the grief like around that? It's really interesting because what you say is very true. As women, we are conditioned, like, we live in a culture that conditions us to see our value in what we do for other people. Right. And so, like, I gave my everything, you know, to my marriage, to my child, to my career. (laughs) Right. And I remember, like, there were times where. You know, I would find myself in a boardroom meeting and I'd be looking around the table going, is this it? Is this really it? Like, is this what I've worked so hard for, right? And then I would, you know, push it aside because I was like, okay, first of all, I'm too busy to deal with this. And second of all, I didn't know what else to do with this thought, right? Like I couldn't envision that there was something else because this is what I was supposed to have done. You make such an excellent point about the grief because I think this is a part where we try to skip over this part of the story, (laughs) Right, like it's like here I was in this old life, and now I'm in this new life, and in the middle of that is like the the pit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I remember like early on in my journey, you know, I'm still in in my job, and I felt compelled to go to this meditation class. Like, I had tried to meditate many times in my life before, and I had decided that it wasn't for me because my brain just couldn't settle down. And I was so compelled to go to this meditation class. I was on a business trip in New York, and I took a standby flight home to get to this class. And I went to the class. There's like five of us. We're sitting in this dimly lit yoga studio. You know, the the teacher is leading us in a guided meditation. And I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I feel this well of emotion start to come up. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? Like, what's going on? Get your shit together, Jen. Like, what's happening? And then I can't control it and it literally just bubbles to the surface and i start crying and i think i'm losing my mind because i have no idea why i'm crying at the end of the class you know everybody's sharing their experience of you know <laughs> what what the meditation was like i am just sitting there blubbering with two mittfuls of snotty kleenex mascara streaming down my face and i can't even speak right because like and then as i'm leaving the class the teacher says to me oh i've got a 8 week session signing up and um, you know if you if you want to Join this, and before I even knew what I was doing, I signed up for another eight weeks of this. And for every week, for eight weeks, I sat on that mat and I cried. Yeah, and finally, around I think like week three or week four, I was like, Okay, I obviously can't control this, so we're just gonna let it happen. And then I realized what was happening I was grieving like everything that I had lost in that period of time. So, you know, my marriage, at the end of my mo- active mothering days, you know, my corporate career that I had given everything to, to and then things all the way back to like my childhood. It was just like everything that I had been stuffing down to be like okay, I'm being the good soldier. I'm so, you know, like I've been doing all of the things that I was supposed to be doing, like not checking in with myself, stuffing down any emotion that I had related to that, which was the beginning of kind of, I had to get rid of that layer in order to then start being like, oh, okay, now I can clearly see the picture. Now I can start figuring out, okay, what is it that makes me happy? But you have to go through that stage of grief and like on part of it, like grief, but also honoring everything that life has given you to this point. And then making a decision about what I'm taking forward versus what I'm leaving behind. So it's a really important step. So I, I thank you very much for bringing that up. Well, I think it's one of those elements of any type of
0: transition that we want to skip over. Being in such a capitalist society, not only do we have the pressure of you're only valuable for what you can do for other people as a woman, but also for what you can produce. So if you're not working if you can't produce a child, if you can't, you know, we make all of these assumptions about who you are as a human. And I think that there's all these levels of grief at different increments, but we go, oh, I don't have time for that. I need to get back to producing. I need to get back to being valuable in society's eyes. And I remember talking to, to a girlfriend of mine. This was many years ago when she first had a baby and she had this sort of epiphany, this realization of like, oh shit, I'm never going to not be a mom ever again. (laughs) I'm never going to have that. And she had to go through that grief. And I think that there's a lot of elements like that, that we don't talk about grief involved in uh, as a a means, like almost as a bridge to get you where your next step is. Yes, I've been conversing a lot with my close friends who are either early fifties or late forties. And it is just this like, and i know you've talked about this too of like feeling betrayed by your body and like what is this what the fuck is this body like that i feel like i'm saying that constantly and i think there's a grief involved with that there's a grief involved with 100% activities and fitness that you can't do box jumps the way you did in your 20s or whatever you know and i don't think we realize all of those little incremental elements of grief that yeah. have to be acknowledged 100%. to bridge us to that, to that next step.
1: Yeah, because not only, you know, are we conditioned to see our value in what we do for others, we are also conditioned to see our value in how we look. Like, are we physically pleasing to the outside world? Like, you know, am I a good mom? Am I a good wife? Am I a good, you know, employee, right? And all of this validation is coming to us from the outside world, we've never been taught to trust in our own instinct, like our own, to see our value inside of us. So you reach this point in your life where everything's shifting. Like your whole life is kind of literally dumped on its head. And like, you know, your body's changing gray hair, you got a few more wrinkles. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now I don't fit the standard of beauty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And you're, then you start questioning, okay, so where do I fit into this world? And the answer to that really is, it's not about anything outside of us at this time of our lives. Like, you know, I always say this period of our lives and menopause is really kind of the wake up call for us is where we refocus inward, right? Mm So our previous, you know, chapters of life have been all about outside of us, you know, building family, raising kids, making sure that, you know, we're (laughs) meeting the standards of beauty and all of that kind of stuff, right? And this chapter is about the refocus to what's inside of us because I, with my whole heart, believe that we have everything that we need inside us to be able to create whatever it is we want for our next chapter. And the next chapter of our lives is all about sharing our gifts. Like we've had all these experiences, we've lived this life, and it's hugely, incredibly valuable. And the question is now, how do we want to? Like what's important to us? What do we value? And how do we want to take that knowledge, experience, and wisdom and turn it into something that feels meaningful for us? Right. You know, like, you know, they often say, you know, for men, uh, midlife is a crisis of identity. And for women, midlife is a crisis of meaning. Because so mm-hmm. many women are like, what do? Wh- what does my life mean? Like, is this it? Like, there has to be something more. Yes. There's
0: so many things that are coming up for me. and it, I definitely want to talk about this idea of being invisible. And it is such a mindfuck. I was talking to my husband about this the other day. And I said it it is such a system of oppression that we are taught that you have to look a specific way you have to be thinner you have to be straight you have to be whiter you have to be uh not disabled you know like we have all this like social hierarchy of of what's deemed attractive you strive so much for that in your youth right mm-hmm. at least i did i know i did and i've gotten to this point now where I'm so angry that I'm not getting noticed anymore or not not being attractive to folks, but also feeling like that's the fucking oppressor always looking at me like a sexual object to begin with and that you're only valuable for what you look like. So, it, it, and then I'll get so angry with myself, like, why do I give a shit about... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> trying to put myself together and then be so mad if I don't get catcalled, meanwhile, I'm mad about getting catcalled. Catcalled, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's such it's like a it's gaslit into it's sort of like Stockholm syndrome where yeah, you you yeah. get you get kind of gaslit into falling in love with your captor. And that's how I feel around this, where I'm like, why am I wanting to be catcalled?
1: Like that's the antithesis of what we've been trying to do this whole but, time. Uh, right, but I think that speaks to how deep the programming runs right like our entire lives like everything in our life from the minute we as females set foot on this planet is all about like making sure that we are pleasing to the outside world like you know be a good girl you know look pretty don't you know don't rock the boat you know don't speak your mind like all of this and then you know Add like social media, billboards, magazines, movies, right? That message is running through everything that we are taking in. So, even though, like, the part our conscious brain is aware of this, like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. Right. Like, subconsciously, well, what we're still got to toe the line. We still got to fit in the box. We still got to, because that has come to mean safety for us, because we're also carrying, you know, the ancestral trauma of women got burned when you stepped out of the box. That's right. right? (laughs) And sometimes that was the, the easy way out. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But That's the thing. And, you know, and it's funny because it's like, as women, I like, we reach this like midlife section and I'm like, this is just getting started. Like, this is the good part. And it's like, we finally get to the good part. And all of a sudden we become invisible. We're kind of like wiped off the face of the earth. And I'm like, How ironic is that? In that invisibility is also the gift of freedom.
0: Okay. Say more about that because I've heard you talk about this as sort of the midlife paradox.
1: The midlife paradox. Exactly. So we are stronger, smarter, better than we have ever been in our entire lives And yet we are at this place where we doubt ourselves most. And that's exactly what you were just talking about, right? Because like, there's this part of us that knows we are, you know, the badass bitches that we are with all of this knowledge and wisdom and experience, but uh uh-oh, we no longer fit the box. And the freedom in that comes is when you can wrap your head around the fact that, okay, nobody's really watching. Nobody's like scrutinizing my every move here. I can do and say whatever the hell I want. Like I can be the baddest bitch on the block now and like nobody will care, (laughs) Right? Because we're not under the same microscope. We're kind of pushed behind because this chapter of our lives is really about unlearning, undoing, and peeling away all of the masks that we have had to wear to be who we needed to be, to do the things that we needed to do in the previous chapters of our lives. It's kind of like the perfect orchestration, but it takes us a while to get our mind around it. Mm. Right? And even to this day, there's sometimes that I'm like, you know, I'm walking with my daughter and I can see she's getting totally checked out and I'm like... What am I like, chop liver? Like, <laughs> right? I, and then I, yes. then I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. I had that. That was my, this is her turn. I had my shot.
0: <laughs> I know. And really what we're saying is, hey, oppress me, oppress me. <laughs> like, and it's I like, know. what? <laughs> what? I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits, and it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discrete packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results, results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician, and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, a physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's get checked. Laboratories are CLIA-approved and CAP-accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's get checked lets you avoid uncomfortable office visits by... By providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code boldtruth, all one word, at checkout. That's boldtruth to save 30% on your first test kit. Now let's jump back into today's topic. I'm in like the fight of trying to desperately hold on to my youth and I feel like it's slipping through my fingers and it, it's, it's such a precarious place of do I either try to hold on to youth with a death grip or do I surrender? And I am definitely leaning more towards the surrender, but there's a lot of a lot of grief wrapped up in that. I love what you're saying about discovering genuinely who you are, what matters to you the most. What do you say to women or where do you start with women who, you know, kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning, who are like I don't know who I am besides executive or wife or, you know, a part of this community or this family. I don't
1: have any clue. Where where do you start with folks? The answers to all of those questions lie inside us. And the problem is, is that because we've been so busy doing for others, for most of us, we have neglected the relationship with ourselves. Like we've become totally disconnected from the woman inside. And the first, the very first thing I tell people is like with any relationship that you want to nurture, you have to spend time there. So spend some time with yourself. It it doesn't need to be because the first thing I, you know, when I say that people are like, well, when am I going to do that? I don't have time. (laughs) <laughs> right right and 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 valid right like we're all kind of in this hop on the treadmill thing it doesn't need to be a huge thing it just needs to be 5 minutes 2 minutes 1 minute um catching yourself in the awareness of you know i just said yes to that thing and i really don't want it like just mm-hmm. becoming aware of like you know the clues and the tips that are coming from inside you because again we've become so used to overriding our own inner guidance Yes. Right. And that inner guidance is leading us back to our own truth. Even if you don't sit down and meditate, maybe you journal or maybe you don't journal, but even if you just catch yourself, you know, every once in a while in the awareness of like, like I said, like I just said yes to this thing and I really don't want to do it. And then you could go back and say, oh, by the way, yeah, no, I can't make it. It's about chasing your joy and your bliss at this time. Like what are those things that truly make me happy? Because those are clues. Even if it's, you know, take a walk in nature, you know, have a bubble bath you know, get rid of the phone, get rid of the book, get rid of the movies, and just like sit with your own thoughts for a minute. See what comes up, yeah. right? Even if it feels like really random, you're like, oh, I think, you know, I'd like to be a stuntman. <laughs> like, just, just like write it down or be like, oh, that's interesting and get curious about it, right? Because right? there are all clues and the clues are constantly, like it's constantly talking to us. Like that little nagging voice that I used to have that would say, is this it? Is this really it? Was like, uh, again, a, a voice inside me that was like, there's more for you. I keep right. going. There's more. But right. I was like, no, 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 no. Stuff it down. I got work to do. I like to call those pink flags.
0: They're they're not a total yeah. red flag, but they're a pink flag. Like, hey, bitch, we need you to pay attention yeah. real
1: quick. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and looking back over my life, like, you know, so many of those, you know, little pink flags, as you call them, were there along the way. And I was ignoring them all the way. And that's why I ended up in the place where like everything came crashing down because- you know, and I tell people all this time, you don't need to be as dramatic as I was. Like I had to be stopped in my tracks in order to turn direction because I was like so bought into being, you know, the good citizen and doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing. Honestly, I wouldn't have made the change if it hadn't, if I hadn't been forced there. But if you can start to tune in and listen to those little voices and those nudges and give them space, right? Like just give them a little bit of space. Just get curious and be like, huh wonder what it is about being a stuntman that interests me. Maybe it's the outfits. Maybe it's because I really want to drive fast. But whatever it is, there are clues to you, to the inside of you. And then you start building a picture of all those things. But if you never actually spend the time or get curious, you will never know. You know, so I always say silence, stillness, and solitude Mm -hmm. are probably the three most important things. And however you want to put those together, because we're all different – you know for me one of my favorite ways to do that is to hop on my paddleboard and go into the middle of the lake and sit there and just be like see what see what's coming up right because it's like i have no phone i have no nothing i'm away from civilization but whatever it is for you some combination of those three things silence stillness and solitude is what you need to be start cultivating that relationship with your inner guidance because that will lead like that is the key to our authenticity and our authenticity is leads us to the meaning Yes. That we want for that next chapter in our lives.
0: Something that I'll oftentimes advocate for folks who find themselves in this place of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because it can be sort of a vortex like that. I'll say, okay. If you're saying that to yourself, annex it with, but I'm going to figure it out or, but I'm capable of sourcing my own answers or, but I'm learning how to listen to my internal voice, right? Like don't just stop at the, I don't know. And the other thing that I will push back on a lot with, with women is when they say, I don't know, I'm like, you already have a lot of information. You already have a lot of things that you are clear you don't want. So even if we were to look back at your situation, It was probably really clear to you what you did not want in a marriage, what you did not want in a workplace, what you did not want, you know, for your health. Like we already have a lot of insight, but we think we need to crystallize this magical second chapter instead of just going, okay, let me gather some data points based off of the things that all I already
1: know I don't like, or that piss me off. You're onto something already there. And, and that's the thing because it doesn't all magically come together and this land at your lap. And here it is. Now you have the perfect roadmap. It requires trust and faith, you know, in yourself and the universe, whatever it is to be able to take a step forward, even when you don't know what the next step is after that. It's a process of time and it's a process of trust. Right. Right. And trusting ourselves, trusting that inner nudge that we have. Cause it's so easy for us to, to discount it or, mm-hmm. you know, to to push it aside. And I think there are a lot of folks who will listening
0: will say, I've had similar gut hits like that, that you were talking about sitting in the boardroom going, Is this it? Or if for someone listening, it might be i knew i should not get in a partnership with that business friend mm-hmm. or whatever or i knew i shouldn't date that person and okay that's what we're talking about is intuition because a lot of times we want to fix things we don't want to feel i like to call it the cognitive override where we will rationalize and uh try to call upon all the logic to make all of our decisions instead yeah. of really listening to our gut and we will yeah. talk ourselves out of what our intuition is telling us. But I, I think what's important to know is that it is a muscle kind of like anything else. And it atrophies because in our society, we don't teach you how to lean on intuition for decisions. We look at, you know, what's pragmatic and what's logical and rational. It's atrophied, but you can absolutely build it back up again. And mm-hmm. I think some people just go, I'm not intuitive. I'm like, we all are. We're <laughs> yeah, every all one of us. <laughs> it was just kind of conditioned out of us at you know at an early age which is uh which I'm happy to see and I think it's you can see it with Stephanie your daughter I was listening to an awesome interview on your podcast with with your daughter and and I am so hopeful for basically everyone younger than Gen X <laughs> a little bit a little bit for Gen X too I feel like we were the pioneers in a lot of ways but I think they're really the first generation to say like all right, fine. Show me what this fucking therapy thing is all about, you know, yeah. and, and just didn't take on the same, the same generational trauma. But anyway, she, she encourages me a lot, your daughter to hear <laughs> <laughs> where her, her has at. It's no surprise. It's no surprise.
1: No, obviously. but, but you, you make an important point because we are the first generation of women to really kind of step into this because the generations of women behind us didn't have as much choice as we do. That's right. Right. Like, you know, like our mothers and our grandmothers just did what they did because that was all that's available to them. So now as, you know, this generation, it's the first time where we have so much more choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, it's scary and wonderful all at the same time.
0: Yes. Right. Yes.
1: But, so we're leading the charge. Right. And so the generations coming behind us are watching us. And yeah. this is how we change the paradigm of what it means to be a midlife woman. It's like mm-hmm. all of us collectively stepping into our power and saying, Oh, yeah, look, there is a next chapter and getting excited about it that you can have more. I mean, now I'm like, I wonder what my next chapter after this one's going to be. Right. Yes. yes. Because there's many more. I can decide when I want to create that next chapter. hundred percent. So I, I'm curious because I
0: hear this a lot from clients and I'm, I would love to get your take on this. And typically it's, it's folks in their forties. I, I speculate why that might be where they will say, things like i'm just not where i thought i would be at this age mm. that phrase and they're saying it through a very negative lens of i either should be more advanced in my career i should be in a different type of partnership or marriage i should have kids by now or not have kids by now <laughs> or you're like there's all these i had a vision and a first of all part of that I think is skewed by our society Mm -hmm. of just embedding a natural vision that's outside of what we genuinely want. I had this vision and now I haven't, I'm not there. And there's an element of grief there. What, What are your thoughts on someone who's listening, who found themselves kind of rumbling around with that reality.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting because that's something that I also hear a lot. And again, I think this comes back to like what what is our measuring stick? Like what are we measuring ourselves against? And most of the time, we're measuring ourselves against some expectation that was either came from our f- from society, that came from our families, that came from some obligation or expectation that somebody put on us that when right. you start to dig underneath that, it's like, well, underneath it, like so many times, we don't really care whether we measure up. Like that's not what's making us happy. Right. And so it's like, if we are measuring ourselves against our own happiness or against our own authentic uh, view of the world or whatever it is, like is that a better measuring measuring stick? But this comparison thing that I don't weigh like the the right amount, you know, I don't have the right amount of job. I'm not in the right amount of right partnership. I'm not, you know, making enough money. So much of that is coming from outside of us, and that's what we're measuring ourselves against versus our own happiness meter, our own fulfillment. Right. Right. And so in some cases, it's not us that's broken it's the scale against which we are measuring that's broken completely completely
0: i think where it gets where it gets a little sticky is when it is both a societal stigma or obligation and a desire of your heart for example True. for example women who are in their like let's say late 30s and they're really feeling like i've always 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 wanted to be a mom. I've always wanted a baby and it just does not I feel like the clock's ticking, I don't see anything on the horizon. So parsing out, okay, is that genuinely truly a desire of my heart or is it sort of a societal pressure? And I think in some some instances it's both. The problem happens is when we say if I don't have this thing, that must mean I'm not valuable or I'm not worthy.
1: Yes. I think this is, again, where it comes back to the inner work, right? Like, it's about, okay, you know, I really want to be a mom. I'm not a mom yet. Like, what is it about being a mom that, you know, I think will fulfill me? And how can I, until I become a mom, right, how can I fulfill that part of me? Yes. Because when you get into that stage of that state of uh, longing, (laughs) of not measuring up, like, it's a really horrible place to be. But if you can find ways to, like, Nurture those parts of you that need whatever it is you think that thing is going to bring you. Sometimes you recognize that, oh, like I didn't actually need to become a mom; I just needed to spend more time with my nieces and nephews. And I'm being grossly mm-hmm. overly simplified <laughs> sure, in that sure. statement, right? But I'm saying there's like there's so much learning for us in the interrogation of why it is that I want that thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, using myself as an example, I truly believe that you know, being an overachiever, you know, getting the right corporate job, working my way up the ladder, like that was going to make me so happy. That was going to fulfill every need that I had. Right. And then when I got there, that's when the the questioning started happening. And then I realized it's like, oh, it would, this was me trying to fit myself into a box. Like I was using all this achievement as a way to, To fulfill something inside me. It was only when I couldn't no longer do it. And then I was like, okay, well now where does my value lie? Right. That I, all of a sudden, then I found the thing that actually filled the hole that I was trying to fill with the other thing. So we get on this path and we kind of going in that way. Had I interrogated you know the feelings of i need to achieve more and why it is that i feel that i need to achieve more maybe i could have you know gotten some insight that might have gotten me off that the corporate ladder a little bit earlier i don't know so it really comes back to kind of like getting the thing that we want why do we want it like wh- what part of that do we think is going to make us happy is going to give us that fi- sense of meaning and fulfillment right because sometimes the thing is not the thing and sometimes the thing is the thing and that's mm-hmm. totally fine too but it's much easier to start working towards the thing if you're coming at it from a place of insight and knowledge, as opposed to lack. Scarcity. yeah, Scarcity. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. You've gone through such a reinvention. And I feel like I'm, well, I feel like I'm sort of middle-aged by proxy because my husband's in his fifties and my best. This friend is older than me, and <laughs> and I feel like I'm accelerating. I'm I'm aging at a rapid rate by proxy because of who's in my close proximity, and and I have a a close girlfriend who's ten years my senior, and and she said, uh, just really embrace your neck, be so happy about your neck, like just enjoy your neck for the next 10 years. And so it got me thinking, what What advice would you give to your 40-year-old self or your 45-year-old self about this sort of impending transition?
1: I definitely would have told my 45-year-old self to pay attention to to the nudges, like to the intuitive hits, because looking back, I see all the times where those things came up, like various different things, like little hints and insights that I didn't pay attention to. You know, had I paid attention to those things, like I said, it maybe, you know, my shift wouldn't have been as dramatic as it was. And the other thing that I would say to myself is spend more time enjoying the now. Like whatever now you have, whether the now is your body, your like whatever parts of your life you're loving, like whatever it is, like just spend time in the now because I spend so much time worried about what's the next thing, what's the next thing, right? That I think I robbed myself with a lot of joy along the way. Yeah, yeah. Right? So just being more present in everything that I was doing as opposed to, okay, check the box, move on. Okay, check the box, move on, right?
0: Is there anything that you really wish either, like? a women's circle or a wise woman or a sage or a mother or someone would have told you to prepare
1: for menopause? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so much, you know, and because menopause is never talked about like, right. In my whole life growing up, nobody ever like there were, the word was out there, but I have no idea what that actually meant. And when it started to happen to me, literally it was like a two by four to the face. Like it was Mm -hmm. like, what the hell? I viewed my body as this thing that literally carried my head about, like mm-hmm. it was this thing that supported my head and I would manipulate it into whatever shape and form it needed to be. Right. So I'd work out, I would diet, I would do all the things. Right. So I didn't pay much attention to it. Our bodies have so much wisdom in them. Right. And if you pay attention to the wisdom of your body, like, you know, if you're going through menopause and you're feeling exhausted, maybe you need to slow down and stop. That's what your body's telling you. Right. Like, yeah regroup. Again, I had to be forced into my bed, like where I literally couldn't get out in order to get that message. But through the process of menopause, it's like, it's not like some forgotten accident of mother nature that she just makes us go through this. It literally is a process, an awakening process for us to recognize that like things are shifting and that we need to shift with it. So what got us to this point is not what's going to get us to the next point. But there is so much Learning and wisdom, and that happens in this next chapter. Because this is the other thing. The only other thing I learned about menopause was it happens, and then on the other side of it, you pretty much, you know, on the downhill slope to old age oblivion. That's it. You're forgotten about. Right. You have old ass eggs, and you can't. (laughs) You can't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And nobody talked about this chapter where you do become like you know more badass, more. true, more authentic, right? Like all of those things. Like, and it's a really, really important chapter of life. You know, you used to see, I used to see the archetype, you know, of the woman's life, which went maiden, mother, and crone, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, okay, maiden, okay, I get it. You know, you're, it's all about your looks because you're attracting your partner, then mothering. Yeah, makes sense. Your whole focus is raising your family. And then at the end of mother, you went to crone and I was like, wait a minute, but the crone is like the 80 year old woman on the mountaintop, like spouting wisdom before she leaves the planet. I'm like, well, what happens between like 50 and 80? Like it's kind of missing. Right. Right. So I read, I renamed those the maven years. And if you look Ooh. up the different, the dictionary definition of a maven, it says an expert with knowledge and wisdom to share. I love it. And that right there was like, <sighs> okay, that makes so much sense to me. But this 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 whole 30-year chapter was just missing from the archetype, right? And so I wish more women knew about that, that there is this beautiful chapter ahead of them. Even as
0: you're talking, I'm going, we have so many names for like a dried up, withered, Old woman, (laughs) you know, a hag, a spinster, a crone, you know, and they all have negative connotations. None of them are like, oh, this wise sage. But what do we have for men? They're just like, they're a a bachelor if they never get married. That's what they have. Like, (laughs) I know. Because, and this is something that I've thought a lot about, because aside from what they physically look like, they still have a lot of value in our society. So as long as you can still produce things, as long as you're still funny, as long as you still have intellect, it doesn't matter what you look like as a man. There's You still have a lot of social capital. But for women, I think immediately, even if there's a lot of, like you're a comedian or you're a brilliant actor or you are a brilliant mind, we tend to write women off And, but men were like, okay, sure. Right. Like you still have to have sex appeal. If you're going to be smart as a woman, you still have to be, you know, in a perfect body if you're going to be funny. And there are of course, outliers, of course Mm -hmm. I get Mm -hmm. that, but it's really interesting how even, even as you're talking, I feel like that phase from 50 to 80, we shit on women like crazy. And then everybody gets shit on 80 plus because we, we disregard our elders, you know, and we value youth so much in, in our culture. Oh man, that gets me worked up. So I have a, (laughs) I have a final question for you. What do you think? And I'll give you sort of where my head's at. What do you think are some midlife must haves? So in my head, I was thinking, I don't know, like uh, doctors, I can trust a rich friendship circle. Maybe stretching, some supplements, empowering self talk. I'm curious from your perspective, here are midlife must haves.
1: Well, yes, yes, yes to everything that you said. And here's what I would add to that list a midlife must have is a dream or a vision for your life because it's so easy. Like if you don't have something that's pulling you forward, it's so easy to get sucked into the beginning of the end narrative. Yes right? And, you know, oh, I'm too old, it's too late, I should have, right? So, it, it doesn't need to be like a new career, it doesn't need to be whatever, but like have a vision for what you want this next chapter of your life to be, and then actively work towards that vision. So, if it's spending more time with your grandkids, or if it's starting a charity or volunteer work, but like what feels really true and authentic to you, and then building a vision for your life around that, because this chapter of our lives is actually, in fact, the longest chapter yet, Like, if you think about it, right? Right. And so, we need something that's going to fulfill us and give us meaning and purpose and, like, reason for getting up and feeling excited, right? Like, having that kind of a vision for your life, I just think is so incredibly important to, you know, like, how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you will find the energy, to do things when you have like an important vision, like you will overcome obstacles when you have an important vision. You know, I interviewed a woman on my podcast a little while ago who was 76 and she was on her third business, Nice. And she woke up every day and she approached life saying, like, what can I learn today? And because she knew what she wanted for her life, it was like, okay, what can I learn today that would put us in the direction? And her energy was light and youthful. And I'm like, that's the energy that I want to carry with me as I go through this chapter of my life. You know, it isn't about what I've missed or what's too late or, you know, it's about what do I want? Like what's pulling me forward in in the rest of my life? Because you have like, again, 30, 40, God willing, even 50 years. Right. Like let that mean something to you. Right. And most of us
0: <laughs> have a little more money and <laughs> a little more wisdom
1: <laughs> than exactly. we did in our
0: twenties. And it's, I, I think about that too, where I'm like, oh, it's the resources of this age versus struggling in my twenties and, and, you know, even though yeah. it's, That's, and of course that's immense privilege, of course, but yeah, any, any other midlife must have that you think somebody, uh, would be shocked by like, gotta have a good heating pad or, (laughs) you know, or some, I mean, I have to, I've had to have that my whole life.
1: This is going to sound very, very cliche. Having an activity that you enjoy, like something that physically gets you moving, because I think moving your body is so incredibly important, because when we stop moving, that's then everything, all the problems start. So finding something that you enjoy from pickleball to paddleboarding to running, like whatever, whatever it is that gets you out and moving. And the second thing I will say is community. Yeah. Like having like, you know, your, whether your community is your girlfriends or if your girlfriends are not in the same place as you, like having a community of like-minded people. So if you have a big vision for your life and you're starting a new chapter, find other women who are doing that, right? Because it gets lonely, right? And, you know, when you get in your own head, you're likely to talk yourself out of so many things that if you're in the right community, they won't let you talk yourself out of it. Because, you know, as human beings, we... Naturally, have fears and doubts. Like it's just part of our physiology, and we talk ourselves out of so many things that we want for our lives because we're like, "Oh, can I do it? Am I too old? Am I whatever?" Right? And then you know, you need a group of friends who are going to say, "Oh my God, you're not even close to too old, and of course you can do it. You're totally badass!" Right? Mm -hmm. Just to get you over the hump and step into it because. I am so passionate about midlife women stepping into their power and really owning their lives at this yeah. point because so much of what we've lived in the past has been directed at by by our culture by society by expectations of our family and this is the part where we take the reins. Yeah. Yes. Right? And it's again it's so easy to talk ourselves out of out of things. Right. Like every time I go to take a big step, I talk myself out of it 19 times. Right. (laughs) But now I see I see it like for what it is. And I'm like, okay, we're still going to take this next step. Right. I might not end up doing the thing. I might decide it's not the thing, but I'm going to take this next step because I need to know. But you need the power of community around you, like minded community to really see you for who you truly are and encourage you to do the things that you want to do.
0: Yes, and I'd also say I had this experience. I guess it was it wasn't this past summer. It was the summer before, and uh, a good friend of mine and I went to an Alanis Morissette concert. When I tell you those women gassed me up so hard, like I was like, if I ever am feeling not good about myself or feeling low, I just need to be around some good old Gen X women yes. who are into the same type of music because there was this just unbelievable like, oh, you're so amazing. I love your outfit or love your energy. I love your and everyone was just completely gassing each other up. And I thought, okay, this is the secret. This is the piece yeah. of the oppression of like, if we can keep women fighting with women, they're not going to realize that they're actually smarter and need to be running the world. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah. I echo your sentiments about community. 100%. So where can people find you? You have an amazing podcast that I think people will love the name of, but tell people where they can find you, where they can listen to you, all the good stuff.
1: Yeah. So they all old chicks, no shit podcast. So that's K N O W shit podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. So Apple, Spotify, all the things. I also am on the socials at old chicks, no shit. So Instagram, Facebook, I have a free Facebook group as well too. Yeah. And, oh, and then my website is same thing. Old chicks, <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it.
1: Is it nice that you can say it and
0: no one's bleeping you out? <laughs> It's so So, lovely. (laughs) It's it's so dumb, everyone. Can we get over it? Uh, Yep. (laughs) Science has shown that people who cuss are smarter. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And have richer relationships. So there you go. Uh, Obviously I'm biased, but Jen, thank you so much for picking up. I'm so glad we had this conversation and thank you for, you know, just sharing this wisdom and not keeping this quiet. I really think being a vessel and a resource for other women going, oh, I can carry this torch. I can carry this torch. It's really, really so helpful. So
1: thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. Oh, my friend.
0: Well, I'll let you go tend to your dogs. Hopefully all your
1: shoes are intact
0: and I will talk to you later. All right. Talk soon. I'm hoping that Jennifer's story was really uh, inspirational and insightful for you. I think one of the most common things that I see with the women that I work with is this idea that I'm uniquely broken, and it's a deep-held belief that we work on shattering. I think it's largely because we think that the divorces that we go through or the career changes that we go through or how we feel about ourselves is something that— everyone else just kind of irons out pretty well. And why on earth am I losing my mind around it? And I think it's incredibly important as women and just for the fucking resistance <laughs> that we come together and support one another and say, hey, yeah, I know exactly what that's like. And it's possible to surmount and really thrive in in this chapter of your life. Stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. We're going to still be talking about this topic and I'll have some solo episodes, some additional guests for you. And I do still have some openings for my retreat that's happening in May. So if you have realized that any of your issues have been stemming from this idea that you are not enough or you are not worthy and you see that permeate all of your relationships and maybe your career and work world, please go to amygreensmith.com slash enough and check out that retreat. We're going to be in Mexico for five days. It's all inclusive. I won't spend a bunch of time talking about it right now, but I just wanted to throw that out there that if it's something you feel like you want to shift and change this coming year, go check it out. And I would be incredibly honored to be a part of that with you. All right. So I will see you around these parts next week. And please remember you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak your bold faced truth. Peace.